morning, sir. Good morning. That voice sounds very familiar. The singer. The voice sounds very familiar. It's John Legend. Yes, I thought it might be. Got it. Yeah, yeah John Legend. <laughs> Legend. Yeah. It is. Is that not how one would spell it? <laughs> I thought he was a legend. Oh, that, would need, that would need an accent or decorations on the letters. That's probably, I've got that. I've probably got a that. triangle, a little dot somewhere. <laughs> Mr. Leggin, I like it. It's good. How are we? Oh, we are, we're awake. If that helps. Oh, is it that? Oh, you like <laughs> me. That's why I'm moving, Desmond. I'm trying to wake myself up. How's in the kitchen? Next week, yeah, next week. We've got the windows being put in, windows and doors, and door being put in. Now, Desmond, do don't that. blow the bloody doors off. <laughs> no, that's wrong. What is it? You were only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. <laughs> okay, so you're getting windows and doors. So we're getting, right. Um, however, Dave, you look shadowy. Shadowy? Oh, yeah. It's because I'm wearing my... Thing. No, no, no but it's, the background is blurred. Look, nothing is clear. It's not yeah. your eyes. Oh, okay. If I, I flick my hand around, you can kind of see that. I can take off the blur. It's because I was oh. in a meeting the other day. Oh, you, I see. You can, some people can't really see your background properly. Where is it? Oh, unblur, blur, gone. See? Oh, I can see now. It's clear. You're as yeah, clear. It as... wasn't. It wasn't ever you. <laughs> oh. I thought it was me. I thought my eyes were going a little bit. No, no, no. Because you all you all you have to do is just stand there with the burner, because I've got the long ones and just shh, two minutes they're still dead. And you just, no, you're just, just like fire. You're an arsonist. In another uh, life, there's you were a gangster that was known as like fire McFire. Arsonist Des. There's a sort of yeah. There's a sort of that Des. Yep. Time for you. Just turn up with your flamethrower. I always loved Yes, absolutely. I it was another loved... life. You just didn't meet the right gangster when you were young. You went no. and played trumpet. Uh, yes. That's what I should have done. I been out there, you know, yeah. setting. You Isn't... could have been John the Hat McVitie's best mate, just, you know. Des Saltmouth. Burning doesn't... people alive, Des. You'd be great at it. Doesn't Adele have a song called setting flames to fire or set fire to the rain yeah set fire to the rain yes i thought i, I could remember it vaguely that she had a song that's me set fire to the rain yes that's an odd that's an odd title dave set fire it... to the rain yeah how can you set fire to the rain desmond only you would know you are the fire master. I'd love to see somebody try that one. Set it's only it's thing. yours and Adele's secret. Right. Okay, Dave. Cool. Show oh. 83. Here we go. Welcome to this week's Des and Dave. In America this week, the former US President Donald Trump's deterioration is on full display in the true social asylum he built for himself. The George Santos campaign tells FBI that it hired a new treasurer who was reportedly denied taking the job. 
Marjorie Taylor Greene falsely claims CRT teaches racism and one Illinois school got 5.1 billion to spend on diversity. AOC grills chairman Bruce Westerman on whether members can bring firearms into committee. And finally, China balloon, US shoots down airship over Atlantic. And in other news, Dominic Raab, the Deputy Prime Minister, has been called upon to step aside by Jake Berry, the ex-party chairman, amid investigations into his behaviour as a minister. This comes after 27 officials have made complaints about him, with staff forced to take time off after having to deal with him. And Liz Truss offers a delusional essay to The Times it's the shortest article the Times has ever printed, Des. <laughs> All this and more on this week's Des and Dave. From all you old-time cowboys and listen to my song Please do not grow weary I'll not detain you long Concerning some wild cowboys who did agree to go Spend the summer pleasant on the trail of the buffalo Found myself in Griffin in the spring of 83 When a well-known... <laughs> Des, it always ceases to amaze me that you managed to find this. Like you did extra, extra well. I, rem- now, I like- imagine myself sometimes as like a, a a cat pouring its way through lots and lots of dirt, you know, <laughs> to get the morsels of, of food below the surface of the ground. Des, what story is kicking us off this week? The wonderful um, situation with the... What what's clearly evidence is Donald Trump's current deterioration um, being on full display in the in his uh, true social um, 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 ramblings. But, <laughs> he but just... he's also allowed back on Twitter and Facebook. So why don't he use these platforms? Well, he's been described in the press as ranting like a deranged hobo in a dilapidated public park. And uh, here are some of the things he's saying in his true social um, platform. Um, He's saying things like, Fox fake news is terrible, and anything bad for Trump, they go with, even if it's not true. But he did a review on a Fox News program, and this is the substance of what he say. We shall play the the actual clip of the the event um, the uh, in a few minutes. But he says, "I really like the five on Fox News, especially the hosts, with the exception of wacky Jessica Tarlow." who is absolutely terrible. Her facts are knowingly wrong. Her jittery presentation is horrendous. And forgive me, her voice is grating and unendurable. Ewan Williams was terrible, but better than her. I know the show is doing well, but no thanks to Jessica. I find her impossible to take in large doses. And so on and so on and so on. <laughs> I'm not going to, to um, share the whole content of his, his ramblings. But now let's hear what Jessica Talos, Talo said that Trump is responsible for. She claims Trump is more responsible for the US national debt than Joe Biden. And she's got the data to to prove it. 
So let's hear what she has to, to say. So much in spending that you cause inflation and then look back and say this was all caused by the Trump tax cuts of 2017. That doesn't make any sense. Biden wants to run his last campaign and the media shouldn't let him do it. All right. So I'll go right to you, Jessica. I mean, didn't Joe Biden go on the biggest spending spree in American history? No, uh, Donald Trump actually spent a lot more than him. So Donald Trump is personally responsible uh, as the president for about 30 percent of the national debt. And I believe uh, Joe Biden's brought it down by 1.4 trillion since he's been in office. When so the COVID money no, went no, no. out. So, you mean yeah, the deficit? The, yeah. I, but let me ask you this. You, I was asked a question. I answered it. Donald Trump is responsible for more of the national debt than Joe Biden is. Period. End of story. Those are what the numbers say. We also had a good jobs report today, or a good economic report. And I know Brian, you spoke about it this morning on Fox and Friends. 2.9% fourth quarter growth. 2.1% increase in consumer spending. Those are good indicators. Um, when people are talking about all the layoffs, the layoffs are in one sector, in tech. And basically they're right-sizing the fact that they overhired in 2021, uh, 2021, sorry, and 2022. So they're going back to the mean there. They paid people way too much, gave people big fancy titles. They couldn't afford to do that. So I I'm not for calling everybody a MAGA Republican. I know that was part of what he was talking about today, but he does have an economic record to run on. And he does have the fact that you have um, important representatives, so much so that people thought that he could be speaker, this Kevin Hearn, who said, we have to make these, uh, we have to make uh, hard decisions about what's going on with Social Security and Medicare. And he's part of a conference of 160 conservative Republicans who have said that they want to look at changing the retirement age. That's something that Nancy Mace, for instance, uh, a Republican, has said is absolute non-starter. Non McCarthy said that as well. But get your caucus in line. If you don't want Democrats talking about the fact that there are people in your conference who are important to you, by the way, saying that we should raise the retirement age, people are going to pay attention to it and they're going to vote accordingly. Now, Dave, extraordinary discussion there. What is extraordinary about this particular um, debate was that it's in the Fox, Fox News studio and um, that... It's unusual for uh, for a, a commentate for a, 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 a journalist to get the opportunity to say something that's largely pro Biden on Fox News on uh, uh, air in this way in Fox News, and she was given space to say what she she believed. And the reality is that a lot of people forget that Trump is responsible for a substantial amount of the debt. Because America has got a, an enormous debt um, uh, as a result of um, Trump paying. For, I don't know if you remember, during the very beginning of his, it's one of the things that he achieved and successfully achieved is during the um, early part of his uh, his administration, he um, said publicly that he was going to, um, cut the taxes for the middle classes and the poor. And what he ended up doing was to cut, substantially cut the taxes for big businesses, um, and for, um, uh, the, 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 the very wealthy, for his wealthy friends. I think to the tune of almost three to four billion, um, trillion dollars, uh, in America. And this is one of the reasons why the debt ceiling has been so high um, in America. And since um, Biden's administration, he has he has reduced that deficit by one point four or five trillion dollars. And it's to his credit that he has done so. So and that's often deliberately um it's often deliberately claimed by the Republicans that um, Biden has added to the, the debt, ce debt ceiling rather than reduce it. And it's actually not true. And what uh, Jessica Tarlow was doing was insisting that this situation is properly reported on. Well, do you think they they won't pass the debt ceiling extension then? Do you think they're going to dare to test the markets? Like we already had our version with Liz Truss and Crazy Quarting. So you think the Republicans are that stupid to test the waters? Well, what they're what I mean, there's 
there is actually a, a very interesting debate that took place in one of the committees, um, which Maxine Waters attended. And we're not going to be exploring that this week. We may do it on another occasion um, if it's, you know, continues to have some relevance. But um, what's very clear is that uh, um, that Kevin McCarthy and Joe Biden met this week to discuss uh, budget uh, and the Republicans want to slash social serv social services and they also want to slash Medicare and they also want to reduce the defence spending budget but they don't want to do it in a very open way so Biden is expecting McCarthy to come to the White House, to go to the White House this week, earlier this week, with the factual information about what the Republicans want to cut. But the Republicans don't want to make an open, state, an open statement about what they specifically want to cut because they fear it will lose them votes. They won't say openly because, you know, particularly with defense, the Republicans are known for, you know, propping up defense and pushing the defense budget high and high. And they won't want the American people to know that they want to actually cut it. They want to cut social services. They want to cut Medicare. They don't want the American people to do because they, they fear that if they do so, they will lose the forthcoming election. So what they want the, to push the Democrats into a position of saying, you tell us, you lay on the table what your where your cuts are going to come come from. And Biden is saying, no, 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 no. If you want those kind of conditions, you go and talk to your buddy in Mar-a-Lago. Don't come to my White House uh, laying down, you know, rules about what should and couldn't. You you. You state what you're, if you want to cut things, you state what the, the budget ceiling yeah, should yeah. be. Not us. We're not going to do that. And because if you don't, if you don't declare a budget, you not only throw the American economy into turmoil, the entire globe is turning, is thrown into turmoil. And it's really it's a, a major problem for the rest of us, the rest of the world. So McCarthy is playing a little bit with fire at the moment, and he has to be, he has to move forward carefully. But I believe he's got up until June, I think May or June this year before the, um, before decision is made. But one thing is for certain, this is going to be a rather torturous period for the American people. That's for sure. However, we'll move on to our dear, dear friend, George Santos. Um, for those who don't know, George Sanders is the newly appointed Republican congressman who fabricated... Or is he, Desmond? Or is he? <laughs> well, that's a good question. But, you know, he's he's fabricated his entire identity. And and, and he's a short, uh, his short political career is shrouded in controversy, criminality and lies. Now, the person listed as Santos's new treasurer for his campaign... It's a chap called Thomas Datweiler. It's rather strange. Um, I don't know the origins of surname. But he's a veteran campaign finance treasurer who has served on multiple other political organizations. And he said he doesn't work for, Sant for the Santos campaign and that the Santos campaign finances, finance filings, because apparently they had to make declarations about the the sources where the finance fu funding is, comes from and somebody has to sign it off the treasurer has to sign it off and he's this man is uh, allegedly the newly appointed um, santos finance campaign treasurer and he's saying i'm not the finance campaign treasurer um and more importantly that the santos campaign filings were signed under his name and without his consent. <laughs> but oh God. <laughs> so wonderful controversy there. But I found a, a a clip which I just think provides some valuable comedic entertainment for us. And it's by our friend Bill Mayer. And he, he provides a short biography of George Santos. And I thought it might be really useful to 
for us to share. George Santos is the newly elected Republican House member from Long Island who Pinocchioed his way into Congress <laughs> and who represents a growing segment of American society, liars. Now, if you're sort of hazy on the details of Santos's life, don't worry, so is he. <laughs> when they film his biography, it'll start with, based on a false story. This guy lied about his schooling, his career, his sexuality, his charity work. What kind of family raises a person like this? We don't know because he lied about them too. <laughs> he lies like a goose shits. If he's not doing it at the very moment, he's about to. <laughs> he said he attended the prestigious Horace Mann prep school. They have no record of him. Nor does NYU, where he said he got an MBA, or Baruch College, where he falsely claimed to have graduated in the top 100% of his class and starred on the volleyball team. <laughs> I would say you can't make this shit up, but he just made this shit up. <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and it raises a lot of questions, starting with, if you're gonna lie, why volleyball? He also claimed he ran an animal charity that neutered 3,000 stray cats. He didn't, but again, what a strange thing to brag about. <laughs> he literally lied about cutting off cats' nuts, and that takes a lot of balls. But, okay. Here's the explained part. Don't think Santos isn't pioneering something new in American politics, of course. We've seen liars before, but it was always about tacking from the extreme to the center of your own party, what Mitt Romney called shaking the etch-a-sketch. <laughs> but Santos is the first one to realize that since we are all in our hermetically sealed media bubbles now, you can pretend to be everything to voters in both parties. <laughs> and no one on either side will notice. Some of Santos's lies appeal to the far right, far right Republicans like being all in, as he was on Trump's election denying, or making the white power sign in the halls of Congress, or claiming he was a Wall Street wonderkind who made millions working in Goldman Sachs, which he didn't, or that he was a luxury yacht broker, which he wasn't. The giveaway here is that Santos's district is Long Island, New York, suburb of Manhattan, not as liberal, but almost always went Democratic. Biden won it by eight points. So how did a Trump-loving, election-denying white nationalist get elected in a Democrat-leaning district. Simple. He told them what they wanted to hear, too. <laughs> what do liberals love? Identity politics and victimhood. So he said he had a brain tumor. <laughs> and he was one of the first New Yorkers hospitalized for COVID. He said he lost four co-workers in the famous Pulse nightclub shooting in 2016. He's from Brazil, which is overwhelmingly Catholic, but when he ran in New York, he said he was Jewish. And in fact, his grandparents fled Ukraine to escape the Nazis. That's right, his Jewish Ukrainian forefathers escaped the Holocaust by being born Catholic in Brazil. His immigration policy is we must stop people like me from getting into this country. Also, he claims to be half black. <laughs> Although I doubt that's the half that wears a blazer with a fleece vest. <laughs> oh, and he's gay. <laughs> of course. Or at least he is since the divorce. He divorced the woman he was married to two weeks before the campaign started. Oh, yes, George knows where the sweet spots are with Democrats, too. He once said, I'm very much gay. What does that mean, very much gay? You have a blue check mark on Grinder? <laughs> Everybody keeps asking, how could a guy like this get elected? I'll tell you how, because no one cares anymore about substance. It's all tribalism. The only thing that matters is, is he on our team? 
Is he doing our shtick? Santos is just the first one to realize you could do both sides shtick and get away with it because people have completely tuned out anything that doesn't already fit their narrative. Republicans love a winner, and Democrats love someone whose life story makes you want to kill yourself. <laughs> For Republicans, George claimed he went to the Capitol on January 6th. Yes, he personally attended the insurrection and has tweeted hashtags like Dems are destroying America. But that obviously didn't matter to plenty of Democrats in his district. What mattered is that he's a brave, sad, proudly gay, half-black Latino Holocaust victim. <laughs> With a brain tumor. <laughs> what, do, what do you make of him, Des? Just the complete fantasist? Or... Do you know, he made a comment in there. And do you know, what I must say is that what you've just heard, this biography, short biography of George, it's actually true. He has said all those things have actually happened. He was married and divorced two days, two weeks before um, the, the, his election campaign. But I guess everyone sees in George Santos or who they want to see. He's and he, he's now become the center of this FBI political finance campaign investigation, and he stepped down. He was Kevin McCarthy placed him in, on two um, on two House representative committees, but he's now stepped down from those two House committees because his credibility has been knocked to shreds, and the press will not let go. They've got three different prosecuting prosecutors' offices that now open up investigation into how. Santos got into his financial uh, misdealings, and particularly there are some major questions being asked about where he got $700,000 to lend to his election campaign. There is so much dirt on this man, and it's the the financial element that's going to get him into serious legal trouble, and you know he could be facing possible prison time if um, it's all been proved. Um, but he is a, a rather strange... He's a bit of a fantasist, Dave. Uh, but it, again... <laughs> I mean, he could only be a Republican. But again, <laughs> nobody's doing due diligence. I mean, the thing is, they knew the Republican Party were aware of this whole series of manufactured lies. He's created an identity which is clearly not his. And the question is, you're putting him on committees with responsibility for directing, you know, largely legis legislative affairs in the American people? Who's going to believe a word he says? You know, it's knocked his credibility into... But mind you, the, you know... You know, people are asking whether the lunatics are now running the asylum, you know, the House of Congress asylum in America, because we now move on to another interesting story. Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's claimed that CRT teaches racism. She also said that she don't get paid enough as a congresswoman, but different story for another week. But and also that one Illinois school got $5.1 to spend on diversity. And then when and I'm what just on earth a, are they going to buy a, a <laughs> rainbow bridge between here and the moon? Five one five point one billion on diversity, right? The Republicans are saying she didn't misspeak. She did, and and um, she didn't misspeak. But people believe that she actually lied. It's a, they think it's as simple as that. But just brief backstory but back in 2021 when democrats held the majority in the house of representatives green who was also known we we know her as the malevolent mistress of malarkey was stripped of all her committee assignments for being a racist 
in misinformation spreader. Now, now that the Republicans have gained control of the House, Greed has been appointed to the Committee on Oversight and Accountability. So it's a quite powerful committee. And the Committee on Homeland Security, equally, they're two of the most powerful departments in the, in the House of Representatives. But she's been controversially, she has been now controversially put back in a position of power. She was knocked off those committees. Now she's back in. Last Wednesday, the House uh, Committee on Oversight and Accountability had its first hearing to investigate what it calls waste, fraud and abuse of billions of dollars of federal spending during the COVID pandemic. By the way, she received money, COVID money, for her business. While questioning um, Jean, a chap called Jean Donaro, who's the US government accountability officer, um, some like a controller general. Green asked Dodara about critical care theory. She says, can you tell me how much money went to critical critical race theory? <laughs> race theory, critical care theory, critical race theory. And uh, Green asked him that and he responded, what is critical race theory? What's that? So Green replied that it's a racist curriculum used to teach children that somehow their white skin is not equal to black skin and other things. So let us listen to what MTG had to say. Mr. Dodaro, can you tell me how much money COVID cash went towards diversity, equity and inclusion or racism issues? Again, I, we have not looked at that issue, so I don't know. Oh, geez. Well, I can tell you the Pennsylvania Human Humanities Council did receive $1.4 in relief and use it for equity and geographic diversity. Uh, I'm not sure how that helped in, in a pandemic time. Um, Mr. Dodaro, can you tell me uh, how, much, how much COVID cash went to CRT? CRT? Critical race theory in education. It's, it's a racist right. uh, uh, curriculum used to teach children uh, that somehow their white skin is not equal to black skin and other things in education. Yeah, uh, no, I do not know that, but I, I do know that there's provisions that the uh, federal funds generally are not used, they're supposed to be used for curriculum. Oh, that's a state. Oh, Mr. Dodaro, I have to tell you in Illinois that they, they received 5.1 billion um, at, at an elementary school there that, that used it for equity and diversity um, so it's it's being used for these things. Uh, Mr. Dodaro, can you tell me how much money was given to Drag Queen Story Hour? Uh, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Who? Drag Queen Story Time, where, where men dress up as oh, oh, women oh. And, and read confusing books to children. Yeah. First I thought you said dry clean. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I don't know the answer to either one of those two. Oh, we need to look into this, and I, I urge you to do that. Um, they, uh, Bradbury Sullivan LGBT Community Center in Pennsylvania received sixteen thousand uh, dollars for drag queen story time uh, from from COVID cash. Um, I think this is an issue that needs to be looked into. A lot of this money went to things that should have never gone to. And I thank you so much, and I yield back the remainder of my time. Oh dear, who's feeding? Someone on the left is feeding her this crap. Just to make her look even more stupid than normal. They must be. I mean, I think we need to clear up the CRT thing. The CRT, critical race theory. It just describes inequality in society and how it's grown. In nothing more than this. It's and it says, you can't do it all via pie chart. Some of it you have to tell stories. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> how, much, how difficult do they want to make this? Because she doesn't really understand what it is. They don't, they don't want to know what to understand. It doesn't matter. If you're on a pulpit, you've got the house floor, you can say what the, what you damn well like. But the, 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 the other key element to critical race theory study in America, it's part of a graduate college curriculum. It's not taught to children as inferred by Green. You know, well, you'd, you, how would you teach it to children? They'd have to understand abstract concepts. Absolutely. Can you imagine a little seven-year-old? But, but just because I'm brown, does that mean I don't get more playtime? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's not the right place. It's like when we talk about sex and relationships with kids. 
you're not teaching them about, you know, various implements or something at five. You're asking them who they love, who loves yeah. them, what is a friend? How do you yeah. know they're a friend? You know, all of this kind of, oh man, people need to visit schools, see what's being taught to their children rather than guessing. Because at the same time, they're like the blimmin' Germans in, you know, with the World War II banning books. Yeah. There are whole books that are banned, you know, because they contain X inside of them. But we had no problem with Huckleberry Finn and the N-word appearing all of these years. No problem whatsoever. But any idea that makes us question the concepts that we currently understand, oh dear, throw it out. Harry Potter, throw it out. (laughs) We're going to come to a delightful story, which I think you'll take great pleasure in listening to. But one of the simple fact check, right, would show that it, it is actually true that Illinois as a state, received over $5 billion in education funding during the second round of the COVID-19 relief funding. That's for the whole state. And that funding money was split between 851 school districts in Illinois, and they were all around um, uh, uh, improving the the, the conditions of the buildings, they were basically infrastructure money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and certainly no one school in Illinois received 5.1 billion in federal. This is actually to say something like that when you're given such a platform in the middle on the floor of the House of Representatives, it's actually rather offensive. billion? You mean to say she did not have somebody who could pick her up on this and say, look, you know, 5.1 million, not billion. That's an awful lot of money. So that was, that was not a misspeak. That was, that was actually spreading lies. And I have to say it, it's, it, 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 it didn't, it didn't feel good to listen to that. Um, however, we will move on to another story because I think this one will bring you great joy. And this is where AOC, Alexandra Ocasio, what's a final name, Dave? Cortez. Cortez. Oh, thank you. Um, she grills the chairman of the, um, who's called Bruce Westerman, and whether members, committee members, can bring firearms into the into their building. Now, some members of the House Natural Resources Committee dropped a rule it adopted in 2021 when Democrats were in the majority. And it expressly prohibited its members from bringing firearms into the hearing room. And a Democrat, Jared Huffman, sought to reinsert the provision in um, which and prohibiting the carrying of firearms or other dangerous weapon, except under narrow circumstances, such as active duty, law enforcement, et cetera, et cetera. I won't dwell on this too much, but um, he made a series of statements around this issue. And he, he said that he believes some members of the committees have openly fetishized guns and violence, um, pointing to the censure and removal of Paul Gosar, the Republican from Arizona from his committee's last Congress after he posted an animated video that depicted him killing Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. Gosar was reinstated the committee recently after the Republicans retook the majority and, and Ocasio-Cortez joined the panel this year. Now, Republican Lauren Bobert referred to the proposal as an anti-member safety amendment. She was opposed to the reinstatement of the prohibition on bringing dangerous weapons to there. And she listed uh, past incidents of political violence. Um, She said things like, you know, uh, we don't walk around with capital police officers not not all of us hide personal security 
and most of us have to take that personal responsibility being our own security people. Anyway, since 1967, the law bans civilians from carrying guns on Capitol ground. It carves out, it carves out an exception allowing lawmakers to keep firearms in their offices, but it's just in their offices. Under the law, guns are expressly prohibited, uh, expressly prohibited only in the House and Senate chambers and certain adjoining areas. So there, there are some rules and regulations around that. However, AOC, screw the chairman on this very issue, and we've got a uh, rather lengthy clip, but I think it's it's an exquisite clip, and it's worth listening to the very end. There's a delightful twist. Um. Does the chair believe that members of Congress should bring should be able to bring firearms into the Natural Resources Committee or not? The chair believes that members of the Natural Resources Committee should follow the House rules and the guidance by yes, the Capitol and Police. The House rules. Um, members have different interpretations of what those rules are. I need to know for a sense of my own personal safety what your interpretation of the House rules are as it pertains to this issue. I believe that would be a question you should take up with the House Administration Committee, and they do have a member's day, uh, as all committees do. So am I... I see. So um, so we are seeing that, uh, that the chair, who is responsible for enforcement of these rules, does not have a specific interpretation of what of whether firearms should be should or not be permitted into uh, the committee, or has the committee not um, consulted House Admin on on the House Administration's interpretation on these rules? The chair's position is that we will follow the rules of the House. Okay. Has I'll have one follow-up question. Has this committee has this committee been in communication with the House Administrative Committee about what the conclusion of these rules are? The committee has not been in consultation the with the House the administration because uh, this is an amendment that's not necessary. This will be the only committee in Congress that has this amendment. The only time this uh, this has ever been in the rules was when it was put in in this committee in the last Congress. So just to in summary, the decision as to whether or not fire the chair believes that firearms are should be permitted in this committee. Uh, is determined by House Admin, but the committee has not been in touch with House Admin as to whether this should or should not be allowed. And uh, and so therefore, we're just going to leave this ambiguous? I believe it's up to every member of the House to follow the House rules. And I'm sure you can visit with House Admin staff at, at any time. Will the gentlelady yield for a moment? Uh, one moment, one moment. Uh, I do want to reiterate the point of liability. Um, I think that if we're in this point of um, having to just all take our safety into our own hands, uh, then does the chair believe that members of Congress should also be pursuing legal avenues um, in order to protect ourselves as well? The chair believes that's an issue to take up with the House admin, and the chair also believes that we should be focusing on uh, the issues that this uh, committee is chartered to focus on. I agree. Thank you very much. I yield. Now will the gentlelady just yield a little bit of time before? um, By show of hands, we just had members of this committee indicate that they do plan to bring guns into this committee room. No, said you, you asked if we would want to. I Nobody also then planned. asked, I also asked who feels so will. threatened in their safety that they would need to bring guns into this committee That's room. That's not saying that even plans to. Okay, so the indication was in the affirmative when that question was asked. So, Mr. Chairman, simply say, simply say, say it's up to every member to interpret the member reclaims his time. When you have reason, when you have reason to believe committee members right here, intend to bring weapons into this committee room. And, Mr. Chairman, we're entitled to your interpretation of the House rules. You need to tell them that that's either okay or not for the safety and security of this committee. Mr. And I, I yield back to the gentlelady. I, I, you know, 
I would also just make a request that if this, you know, if this, if the amendment by Mr. Huffman fails, perhaps it would be for the purpose of transparency at the start of the committee. We ask who is carrying a firearm. The other member wish to. Mr. Chairman. Mr. McClintock, you're recognized for five minutes. I just wonder if the gentleman from California or the general lady from New York has reason to believe that there is a homicidal maniac amongst us. If they do, they probably would have brought a gun into this room, whether or not there is a law. And I would challenge them right now to present their evidence, name the names and present the evidence before such a catastrophe confronts us. Will the gentleman yield? Yes. Thank you. You know, I believe it's a courtesy, by the way, you didn't give me, but go ahead. It's it's a mischaracterization. I while I am not here to impugn the character of any individual member of this committee, I do believe that the performance. Of course you are. Has shown a. Who do you not trust to bring a firearm into a committee room or anywhere else? I believe that from what I've witnessed, the competence of some members may be something that I would be willing to. I think you should give us names before the sun goes down because we're all in great danger if you're correct. But if you're going to name names, I'd like to present the evidence as well. And if not, then we should draw our own conclusion. Well, the gentleman yield just a bit. Sure. First of all, I don't think any member of this committee should have a weapon in this committee room. I believe that's the only reasonable interpretation of the House rules. But what we have heard today, I think, reaffirms the concern that that's not how everybody sees it. Some members either aren't interpreting the rules right or think they don't apply to them. And if the gentleman doesn't wish to carry a firearm, I invite him not to carry a firearm. I would I would just say, in addition, that this notion that we're all responsible, vetted individuals, there's nothing to worry about, is pretty cold comfort when we have members of this institution who, it turns out, weren't so well vetted. We don't really know a lot about each other. And we're finding new and interesting things about some of our colleagues every single day. So, you know, thorough vetting is cold comfort, sir. And I'll yield back. Wow. This is lawmakers at work. Present your evidence as to why you think we are not sane. I mean, she could. What would have been great is gone. How much time do you do I have? I have my PowerPoint slides at the ready. Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe she's going to have some ideas before she goes. But I mean, I like the fact she questioned competency. Yes. At the beginning of the clip, I was thinking, Alexandra, the issue is not whether the chairman will. I don't think the chairman understands what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> and also was in denial, did not want to answer the question has pushed all the responsibility for the decision-making and the parameters of those decision-making uh, back onto the the um, the House administration administrator. But he's the chair. He's the chair of the committee. He needs to have some view on whether or not people are allowed to carry guns in and out of, in and out of the committee room. No, but it's the Second Amendment, Desmond. <laughs> Well, you know, part of me would love um, Alexandra to like put on a monologue, right? And at yeah. the end of the monologue, she brings out a huge cigar. She brings out a gun from her bag to gasps or not because it's her Second Amendment, right? <laughs> and lights her cigar because it's actually a fucking lighter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and says, hmm, interesting that, isn't it? But when you consider, but the, the point made right at the very end was absolutely delightful, you know. Um, we don't know each other very well. We're finding out new and interesting things every day. And, you know, you that a, a, a direct reference to George Santos, of course, <laughs> a direct reference to Gosa. And it must be remembered that Gosa, who sits on this committee, he posted, he, he, he sorry, he posted a, a video um, depicted, um, you, you know, pictures of threatening to kill her, to kill AOC. He denies that it, it was meant as a threat. It's but, 13 hours. 
Nope. But he actually, he actually did it. So she obviously feels insecure about it, and one can understand it, understand that. So yes, it was. I, it's, I, I just thought it was a point very well made at the very end. You know, because what's to stop some crazy committee member coming in and, I mean, my God, the, there are insurrectionists who are sitting on that panel who carry enormous weight and power, and we have one. Um, rather, you know, crazy incident already taking place by one of the members in that committee, and you know, it, and yeah, he could say that he didn't mean it, but you know, it's it's open. His action is open to 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 if, on a generous side misinterpretation. We have got a comment from Lauren Bobert. She addressed the house on that day, and it's quite a lot was said, but. It's been condensed into a very short video. The Second Amendment is absolute and it's here to stay. A recent report states that Americans own 46% of the world's guns. I think we need to get our numbers up, boys and girls. <laughs> that was it, Dave. <laughs> That's in a nutshell her view on the the well, look how many killings they have now. Yeah, I, I can't believe that going to school you worry about such things. Yeah, it's really sad, actually. I mean, it's, it's quite you know when you think about most of our police officers don't actually walk around with guns. Yeah, anyway, it's considered essential. It's, it's considered an essential piece of, ugh, I don't know, whatever, everyday wear in America. Everyone has to wear. And there's so much. As Childish Gambino said, this is America. Mm -hmm. This is America. Yeah. Well, we have one final story for you before we close on the American scenario. And it's that um, the U.S. shot down a, it's shot down a giant Chinese balloon that it says has been spying on key military sites across America. Um, and the uh, US Department of Defense um, confirmed its its fighter jets um, rolled down the balloon over US territorial waters. There was quite a lot of debate about whether or not they should shoot it down because they didn't know what was contained within it and they just were really worried about, you know, what would, what you know, what would, you know, what damage could be done if they they blew it up over, you know, over uh, residential areas or whatever. The defense officials told the media that the debris, apparently, when they did shoot it down, and I think that was probably a very important consideration in terms of shooting it down. Was that it landed in um, in forty six seventh forty seventh forty eight something like that, fifty foot of water, and it was shallower than they had expected. But nonetheless, they did it near a um, I believe it's a place called Myrtle Beach in in South Carolina, because I know that it came. It, they were spotted over Montana, mm -hmm. the very northern part of America. But anyway, the, the military is now trying to recover debris, um, which they claim is uh, spread over about seven miles. Um, and the Chinese are in, in denial at the moment, claiming that it was completely an accident. It's a long way from home, that balloon. But I would imagine, you know, once they've, they've um, gathered all the, the debris, they'll begin, begin to piece together the story and no doubt we'll share that with the rest of the world or, or not <laughs> that's America today but that was a quite a weird incident apparently weird incident. it happened under Donald Trump's time but it was just never revealed oh. so all those aliens that the Americans think they've been abducted by was actually the Chinese government Ooh. Oh my! They're God. the ones with the anal probes. 
<laughs> Good God. Anyway, we're right. running out of time. So very quickly in the UK, it's all still gone to pot. Richie Sunak may be competent, but hasn't got a clue. Liz Truss was crazy and still didn't have a clue. Dominic Rabb is the bully in town that's been caught and civil servants have been taken time off sick. I can't believe 27 of them have put in a complaint. That's insane. Those mm -hmm. are the, anyway, we, we still have some weeks to run on this, but his position is looking more and more untenable. Your deputy prime minister. Yeah, yeah. And Liz Truss says she was right and we were all wrong. I don't know what to tell you, Des. It's the, the... Defines until the end, Dave. <laughs> it seems so. It seems so. Yes. We were right, you were wrong. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why you are not Prime Minister, then. Uh, <laughs> that was your own side. Your own side twice. <laughs> Cut the leader. Dead. Finish. We, we, I love the fact we are showing the Americans how it's done. It's like, this is how you kill a leader, guys. Bam. Off with their head. Finish. Next. But Trump's got a bit of competition. Nikki Haley's declared her candidacy. His old UN ah, representative. Yes. Are you not seen? Yeah, she, she's meant to declare properly in a week or two, but she, she's already come out and said it. Maybe someone was going to trump her. That's a good note to finish on, Des. Is there going to trump her? Well, it's a question now. I suppose the, all the candidates will come flooding in now. Well, let's hope there are many. There will be. I'm pretty certain. It's not just going to be her. I vote for Bart Simpson. Anyway, what's playing us out this week, Des? Do you know? Dave, I think we've got a delightful tune called... Um, trendy London style. We thought we'd yeah. go London this week. Yes. Um, by the sun is shining. Marsha, I believe. Yes, a track from a long time ago. I think it's about 15 years old. Anyway, enjoy. Catch you next week, Des. And you, Dave. Take care. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao.